Welcome to episode 142 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time, and I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like 100 brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous and they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed, but with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 142 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am great. I feel so weird, though. We just got off of a cruise. We did a five-day cruise, just my husband and I. He said, let's go on a quick cruise once he gets out of you know school for the semester. So we did. I got 
seasick for the first time in years. It was like the roughest seas. Oh, goodness. That sounds awful. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. It was the last night of the cruise, and the captain was like booking it, and it was windy, and the seas were choppy. And I tried to go to eat dinner, and I was too sick to eat dinner, so I had to leave dinner and go lay down. And then I um, took some medicine, and then I was better, and I was able to eat a little something later. But now that I'm back home, we got off the ship yesterday, and like I feel like the land is rocking. So I I still love cruising, but... (sighs) At what point did you become seasick? I got seasick the last night of the cruise. It was a five-night cruise, and it was the last night. Then, now that I've been home, I've been home for over 24 hours, and I feel like the land is rocking. I've had that happen before. Like It's like being on the cruise, you get used to it. And then when you get home, your, your brain is looking for that or your inner ear. I don't know what part it is, but it's like land sick. I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's what I always call it. It only lasts a short time. It still feels like that though? Yeah, that's the way I feel today. So is it kind of like, like, do you still want to, you know how like when you have a bad food experience, you never want to eat that food again? Do you want to go on another cruise? Oh yeah, I'll cruise again. This is the second time it's happened and I've cruised a ton. And both times it happened, I did a lot of reading that day. So, you know, I can't read in the car. So maybe I can't read on a cruise ship either. I don't know. But it was very rough. Like when I was walking around going back to my cabin, I saw a lady who was clearly sick also. I mean, it was just a very rough, like we were staggering around trying to walk. The pool water was sloshing. So it was it was an unusual kind of kind of experience. But yeah. Did your husband? No, he didn't get, get seasick at all. And as soon as I took something, yeah, I took a little nap and then I felt better. Those medications really do work. I don't like to take them constantly or preventatively though, because they, I feel really weird when I take medicine. I don't like, like when I go to the dentist and they do like, my dentist will give me Valium (laughs) before a treatment. Like I had a crown put on and, and so I, I have like a Valium hangover for days. I react really, like my body like really doesn't like medicines. That might sound crazy, but. Was it um like Dramamine that you were taking on the? Yeah, I think the one I took was called Bonine. I'm not sure how similar they are, but yeah, I had to buy it on the ship. I didn't even have any. I wonder what the mechanism of action is of those. I do not know. I should ask my organic chemistry, PhD medicinal chemist husband. And ask Google. <laughs> well, we could. <laughs> I actually had my own sort of motion sickness, not even related to motion though. It really is the worst. I got LASIK surgery. Oh yeah. I saw that you were going to do that. How did that go? It's so funny. So (laughs) I decided to purposely not stress myself out about it. So I was like, I'm just not even going to think about it till it's happening. I'm not going to like psych myself out. I'm not going to get nervous. I'm just going to do it. So I was like, not nervous. I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm not even going to think about it. I literally did not think about it until it was happening. So then when it was happening, it was was pretty bad. (laughs) I think because I hadn't like psyched myself out. So it's not like, you know, most people were like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I just never thought about it until it happened. And (laughs) And it was bad. Yeah. It sounds very scary. Like I would not want to be awake for it. Were you awake? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm a big baby. Yeah, you have to be, I think. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, that's good good info to have. Like when I when I go to the dentist, I was so scared to go to the dentist for years. 
But I found a dentist who will give you Valium and give you gas. And I'm like, I love you, man, you know, while she's doing the work on my teeth. <laughs> but I, I get a hangover from it. So I don't like that. So I'm trying to be braver. <laughs> you can go get LASIK and um, that'll definitely. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but you felt motion sick when it was over? No, well, during. So they numb your eye so that you can't feel anything. Then they put this thing in that like keeps your eye open. Oh gosh. And you can still see. So like they start rubbing your eye down. <laughs> so like you can see them like rubbing your eye, but you can't feel it. But it's a very weird feeling. And then they're like, just look at this light, look at this light. And you're like supposed to look at this like red dot. And then they put this thing in that like really keeps your eye open and it, it feels like they're sucking your eyeballs out of your head. So, and you know how like you can get nauseous without being in pain, you know? So you're not like in pain, but it's a very uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I'm going to throw up, but you can't throw up because you can't move. You're like latched into a <laughs> eyeball. <laughs> that sounds like the worst. You're like, don't move. It's so funny. I, I've been prepping because I have an episode upcoming on tapping on the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast. And I was like deep researching that. So I was like really wanting to like tap on everything. So I was like, oh, I wish I could start tapping right now. Um, <laughs> it's like, I can't move. But oh man. And then they're like, and then everything kind of goes black. But there's still like this little red light. They're like, look at the light. They're like, don't move your eye. Like, look at the light. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, there's like two main steps. There's like the first step where they're like counting down like 30 seconds, 20 seconds. And that's when they're like slicing your eye open, I think. To Or they're, they're slicing the – it's the part that they used to do with like a, a razor, but now they do it with a laser. So you get through that. And then, and then they do the actual like laser work. And then you have to do it all over again with your other eye. I'd be like, no, thank you. I'm good now. <laughs> I'll just close one eye. <laughs> they're like, you're doing great. You're doing great. And I was just like, okay, okay. I was like, this is really bad. And then it gets done and you're just like, uh. I was like, I feel like I want to cry right now. They're like, yeah, a lot of people do cry right after. I was like, am I allowed to cry? Like, are the tears going <laughs> to? No, there's no crying in LASIK. Well, it sounds really awful. And now not only am I not going to do it, but a lot of listeners are now jumping off the fence. <laughs> no. Okay. So, but on the flip side, now I have better than 2020 vision. So is, it's, it's like fixed. It's better. So would you do it again, knowing what you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Although I look still, so it was a week ago, my eyes are still like bloodshot red and you can't rub your eyes for like a month and <laughs> can't wear eye makeup. No eye makeup at all? No, not right now. Just for like a few weeks. I want like whenever I t talk to somebody, the first thing I want to say is I'm not hungover. Like I just had LASIK. I know I look crazy, but yeah. Well, that's also good info to have. To People need to schedule it for a time when they're not going to want to put on any makeup. <laughs> and probably not during the summer because your eyes are really sensitive. Yeah. Well, all I know is when I felt so sick, I was like, if I could just eat, I think I would feel better. So we were having dinner at the specialty restaurant. It's like an Asian restaurant and you pay like extra to go there. And I ordered this chicken soup because that sounded like it would be very soothing. And instead, the first thing they brought were these fried dumplings. I'm like, no, 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 can't have that. And then they brought 
duck. My husband had ordered this duck. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to look at right now. Cause I could, she couldn't even look at the duck. You know, when you're sick and you're just, I mean, I'm like, if y'all had just brought me the soup, maybe I would have been okay, but I have to leave now <laughs> instead. And now I have to go. <laughs> now I have to go and I will also never eat duck. Thank you. <laughs> but now, you know, just, I'll feel better about tomorrow. And it's not bad. It's just a weird kind of like woozy kind of motion sick feeling, but not like terrible right now. Just like everything's just a little wobbly. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. So we're both experiencing the world and where we have been in weird states. (laughs) That's true. But it really is miserable to feel, you know, like it makes you appreciate feeling great. Yes. Like when you don't feel great. You're like, oh, okay. I can't wait to feel normal. And that's how great I normally feel. So this is very true. Very, very true. Um, Oh, I have an exciting thing that happened as well, related to us a little bit. Oh, that's good. What is that? Yay. I was, you know how I talk about all the time that book, The Little Book of Big Change? Yes. So many listeners have been saying how amazing it's been for them. I had the author, Amy Johnson on my other podcast. And she said, I guess when I first reached out to her, she didn't know who I was or anything, but she said that right after one of her friends mentioned me and our podcast. Just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, <laughs> she was like, oh. And then she like started looking into our stuff more. It always is fun when you hear from somebody that heard about you like in the wild like that. One of my college friends said she was at a party And was talking to somebody and she was like, yes, I do Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. She's like, oh yeah, I'm her good friend from college. (laughs) She was one of my sorority sisters, not my college roommate, but somebody else that was a good friend who now is also intermittent fasting. But it's just really fun. So, so great. Hi, friends. Now, I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now, protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high carb, low calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40 percent lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're retaining metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion. I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with 
only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers. It is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body. It is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com, sign up with your name and email and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. All right. Shall we jump into everything for today? Yes. And the first thing we have is some feedback from Christy and the subject is theme song. Christy says, I love you girls. Thank you for all you do. Just a quick note to compliment your theme music. It makes me so happy. I think of a happy 80s sitcom and it makes me want to dance. Compliments to the composer and y'all. I look forward to hearing the music and lively conversation that you two have every week. Thank you, Christy from Arkansas. Thank you, Christy. Yeah, I loved loved hearing that. It gave me so many flashbacks. The composer is Leland Cox. He's one of my friends from college, but he is, I mean, he's so talented. He's done a lot of like really big, like music on a lot of really big projects. He was actually, I remember when we were, I think while we were in college, he was interning with Hans Zimmer or somebody who was like one of my favorite composers. But it's so funny because I remember reaching out to him before we even started the podcast can you possibly compose something for us? And it was just like such, I mean, that was before like we'd done anything, you know, we had like no idea. I know. I remember that. I remember talking about the music and we were trying to find the music. It was like April of 2017. Yeah. It's so funny. That is funny. But I think he did a a really good job. And now I like can't even obviously think about it any other way. (laughs) It's always the same. So, yep. All right. Shall we get into our actual questions? Yes. All right. So the first question comes from Allie and the subject is long-term IF. And Allie says, hi, ladies. After a lifetime of struggling with food in one way or another, I found, quote, paleo and IF about six years ago. I've never felt better physically and my obsession with food slash body is gone. I am now doing IF full time since early June. My fast lasts between 19 and 23 hours. I love it. I recently read something about the fact that this way of eating is quite a stress on the body, and it made me think about the viability of eating this way long-term. I have no desire to give this up and wondering if either of you have read anything about doing it indefinitely. 
If it is too hard on the body, do you have any suggestions as to how long one can do this safely? And after that, how to modify it in a way that will be less stressful, but maintaining the benefits. Might 16.8 be the answer? Thanks for all you both contribute to this adventure. Allie. I like how she said that, this adventure. Yeah, I think so too. I like that. It is an adventure. And, you know, Allie, there's a lot of misconceptions floating around out there about intermittent fasting. And, you know, the way you phrased that, where you said that it's quite a stress on the body. If you just say a stress on the body, that's a better way of phrasing it to me because there's bad stress and then there's good stress. You know, for example, exercise, that is actually a stress on the body. But who here would say that we should not exercise because it stresses the body? I mean, I could actually imagine writing an article that would scare everyone about exercise. I've thought about this before, Melanie. So would you like to hear my scary exercise article? Yes, please. Okay. All right, everyone. I'd like to warn you about something that's very, very dangerous for your muscles, and it's called exercise. You may not know this, but when you exercise, and especially when you work your muscles, you actually tear them. It is true. You're tearing your muscles. You're ripping them. And every time you do this kind of exercise, your muscles rip. Now, I know you don't want ripped up muscles, so therefore, please do not exercise. How do you like my scary article about exercise? I've actually thought about that a lot. Yeah. Like nobody, that the fact that nobody, you know, talks about it that way. But, you know, that sounds terrible and super scary because you're ripping your muscles. But that's actually a good thing because we know that when you tear your muscles a little bit when you're exercising, they build back stronger. You're building muscles. They get stronger and stronger. That muscle building process is important. And so... Yes, exercise is a stress on your muscles, but it's a very positive stress. We build muscle through that. So fasting is also a stress on the body, and it's a type of stress that we call hormetic stress, and it's actually a good kind of a stress. It makes us stronger. Now, that being said, is there a point when intermittent fasting could be too much stress on the body? Yes, and so could exercise. You know, everything has a point when it's too much, even water, drinking water. There's a point when drinking too much water becomes literally dangerous for your body, but that wouldn't stop us from drinking water. So here's how you know that intermittent fasting is not stressing you out too much. You feel great. And really, I think that's it. If you feel great and you feel healthy and you feel vibrant and full of energy, then please don't worry that intermittent fasting is stressing you out too much. But if you start to experience negative feelings or you start Like whenever I've, quote, over-dieted in my past, and I have, I've done some crazy diets. When I did those over-dieting experiences, my body let me know. I started to feel worse and worse over time. So as you're doing intermittent fasting, if you ever find that you start to feel worse and worse over time and, and you lost the ability to sleep and you feel like you have to binge, just any kind of negative feeling that's growing, 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 that's a negative sign. But as long as you feel good, listen to your body. And I don't think that it's a negative stress for most of us. Overfasting, yes, that could be a problem. You know, we don't advise that you do multiple, you know, days of extended fasting and don't push yourself too hard with it. But the type of fasting that Melanie and I do, it's, you know, it's flexible, it's gentle, it's, you know, you fast, you feast, you repeat. So what do you have to say, Melanie? 
Yeah, I agree so much. I think a, the perception of stress is huge. If you think you're being stressful with it, I do think it's actually going to be stressful. Like if you think it's doing harm to your body. Well, that's true. Yeah. It probably will. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that like casually, like I mean that most literally, like the way we perceive stress can actually change how, you know, the stress hormones in the body work. And so I think mindset is huge. And then I agree exactly with what Jen said about like your body will give you cues and signs and symptoms and signals. And I think it is something you can be intuitive with, especially after you, once you get metabolically flexible, so you know what the fasted state feels like. So I just put that caveat in there because at the beginning, you know, it can seem like a struggle because you haven't done it before in your body, you know, once is accustomed to eating constantly. And then my other thought is that historically we would, you know, humankind would engage in intermittent fasting type patterns just out of nature. That was probably quote long-term and, and that was okay. I think our bodies are definitely made for it, but um, I definitely, yeah, I think Jen, Jen said it all. But I always could tell when I was doing too much. My body let me know. Like those years that I was taking diet pills that I got from my doctor, I have to keep repeating that, but I felt awful. And over time I felt worse and worse. And when I tried to do the crazy HCG diet and, you know, I was counting my bites, I felt worse and worse over time. I didn't start to feel better. So I, I really think that's, that's the key, you know, and if, if you do find that you're, you think fasting is stressing you out, then you can ease up a little bit, do something more gentle. Also, if you're doing like a really extreme exercise protocol with it, when you combine stressful things, that can feel like too much for your body. So if you're, you know, excessively exercising and excessively doing intermittent fasting and trying to do, you know, like 23-1 and also doing high intensity working out. Yeah. Drop it back. Just really pay attention to your body. Mine really has communicated with me well over time. When I, when I think back of all the, the crazy things that I did that were extreme, my body let me know. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things to point out and emphasize is that Intermittent fasting so radically departs from typical calorie restriction because assuming you are, you know, eating enough in your eating window, you're getting the benefits of the health benefits of fasting, the weight loss, but then you're also completely nourishing yourself. You don't have to restrict in the eating window compared to like chronic dieting where you're creating that chronic restrictive situation. And that's another great point to make, Melanie, that neither of us said yet. If you are over-restricting with intermittent fasting, then it can be a stress for your body. You know, people who are continuing to eat really, you know, purposefully low-calorie foods and eating a tiny amount. Now, I'm not talking about if you get full quickly and you stop eating and you, if your body feels good. I'm talking about somebody who is also purposefully restricting. Like you're still hungry, but you make yourself stop so you can lose weight faster and you're doing intermittent fasting. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. I think because of the nature of people, like the reason people, the lure of intermittent fasting is people are often going to it for weight loss. So it's going to attract people who might already be going towards that restrictive paradigm. So I think that's a key reason that it can become too restrictive for a lot of people. And we, we see that in the groups a lot because they're, you know, eating low calorie foods just in a window instead of all day long. So it, it, it really can be too much restriction. So yeah. All right. Shall we go on to the next question? 
Yes. So we have a question from Raina, and the subject is liver support supplement while fasting. She says, hi, Jen and Melanie. I love your podcast and have listened to all the episodes and keep up to date weekly. I have a short and sweet question with maybe a long explanation. I have been intermittent fasting for two and a half years now. During my fast, many times I would get bouts of nausea and sometimes shakiness. Usually when I would get nausea and shaky, I would end my fast thinking it was possibly my blood sugar crashing or my body just telling me it was time to eat. I saw a functional medicine doctor and he noted that it seemed like my liver was having a tough time filtering slash processing toxins and hormones at an optimal level. With this information, I started taking a liver support supplement. I started to suspect maybe the nausea was the result of my body detoxing during the fast, or maybe it's autophagy and my liver could not keep up with the cleanup. Anyway, I decided to take the liver supplement at the onset of this nausea, thinking maybe it was connected. Since taking the liver support supplement at the onset of nausea, I have been able to extend the fast from my usual 14 to 16 hours to now 17 to 20 hours because it makes me feel normal again fairly quickly after taking it. What is going on? Why is taking a liver support supplement helping me with this? What is the mechanism behind it? Would love to hear if there is any research related to this. I appreciate what you both are doing so much. I have re-listened to episodes and even just bought my first Juve device. I can't wait to get it in the mail. Thanks again. All right. So this is a great question from Raina. And I think, okay, the more and more I research and personally experience, the more I really think with fasting, it can create negative detox reactions just because of our toxic load that we experience today. And when you go into the fasted state, you're burning fat, you're releasing these toxins that can be stored in fat. It's kind of like what Raina said, that maybe you're detoxing during the fast and your liver can't quite catch up with the cleanup. I do wonder what type of liver support supplement she's taking, because if it's something like milk, milk thistle, which just supports liver detox in general, I I don't know that it would be that quick of a turnaround, like that she would take it and then feel better immediately after taking it. It could be she's taking something else kind of like their liver supports that include binders that bind to toxins. If it was something like that, I feel like that would more likely make her feel better like sort of right away. So yeah, I don't know what liver support specifically you're taking, Raina, but in general, it is quite possible that you're experiencing detox reactions while fasting and supporting your liver is helping you deal with that and that's what you're feeling better. If anybody's interested in this whole concept more about the the release of toxins and such while fasting, definitely check out the episode on the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, the interview with Dr. Daniel Pompa. He is all about fasting and also like, you know, it's all about detox and that whole thing. So um, I'll put links to that episode in the show notes. I think the show notes for that are actually at melanieavalon.com slash fasting detox. But yeah, I think this is a huge huge thing. I think we're so often, we'll say, oh, the reason you're feeling bad while fasting is because you're not fat adapted or which is quite often the case, or, you know, it's a blood sugar swing, which could also be the case, but I think toxins are a huge, huge part of it as well. So what are your thoughts, Jen? I do have another possible scenario that could be it. And Raina didn't talk about if she's fasting clean because it, the nausea and shakiness it really does sound like a blood sugar crash to me, which would happen if you are inadvertently spiking your insulin during the fast. So if you're having anything besides 
plain black coffee, plain tea, plain water, plain fizzy water. If you're having anything beyond those things like flavored teas or flavored waters, or if you're adding sweeteners to your coffee, then your body would release insulin in response to those things. And what does insulin do? It lowers your blood sugar. That would make you nauseous and shaky. And then you take this liver supplement. Well, maybe this liver supplement has something in it that is just enough to, I don't know, give you a little blood sugar boost. I'm not really sure. And then you start to feel better. So I don't know. That's just me hypothesizing what might be happening. But really check out your fast and make sure you're fasting clean. And again, that's water, fizzy water with no added flavors, black coffee, plain tea, and make sure you're not having any herbal teas that are sweet or anything like that. Because, you know, whenever I have something that is not one of those things (laughs) during the fast, I get nauseous and shaky. So, you know, just keep that in mind. A way you could test this, like I said, I don't know what liver support supplement you're taking, but if it happens again, instead of taking the liver support supplement, take activated charcoal. If that fixes it right away, because that will have a very quick effect. If it's toxin related, then that will probably provide some clarity there. So that's not going to have any sugar in it or anything. So, all right. I love that. It really is fascinating. I was looking through the, um, I grouped them a different way by, by class of food. And it shows like all the different foods that are there. And what's funny is I've always suspected I had a little bit more of a problem with chicken. And out of all the meats that it tests, chicken is the highest on reactivity of all of them for me. That's so interesting. I remember you saying that before. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken is actually what I have a 33 on that. It's still in the mild reactivity. Well, I want to compare. So 33, I want to see what mine was. Yeah. This is fun. It is fun. (laughs) But I've always felt that chicken was not the best meat for me. Like I always felt like it made me puffy and that I reacted to it. And, you know, all the other meats are in the green. And then then there's chicken. Like pork. I'm a three on pork. Pork, I think I was a three too. Yeah, pork. And I, I do eat pork and I'm a three. But yeah, 33 on chicken. Jen, I was a 33 on chicken. Oh. That's weird. And I was a three on pork. Wow. Wait, do you have, do you have it in front of you? What were you on turkey? I was 17. I was 13. What were you on lamb? 16. Me too. What were you on beef? 10. I was 25. (laughs) What were you on cashew? Okay, let's look. Where is that? I know you you love cashew. I've actually started eating cashews and now I like them. I don't dislike them. Cashew was 21. It's the only nut that I had a blue on. All the others I was green. It's the only one I had a moderate on. I'm 73. Ooh, yeah, I'm 21. So interesting. It really is. It's fascinating. But all the fruits are good. (laughs) Oh, really? Let's see. My fruits. Oh, wait, that's a lie. Guess what my worst fruit is? You're going to laugh so hard. Oh, wait, let me guess. Hold on. Let me think. It's the one you love the most. Oh, is it pineapple? Yes. I'm a 34 on pineapple. That's the only one that I'm not a green on. (laughs) I'm all green and blue on fruit except coconut. Oh. I've never liked coconut growing up either. I'm a three on coconut. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was happy blueberries for me were... I'm a one on blueberries. The things I eat a lot of that I love were actually okay. Like I like I was good with blueberries. I was good with cucumber. I was good with pineapple. 
So it's like, yay, that's good. You're, you already knew. Your body was already telling you. Yeah. So. I really think so. I mean, I had a feeling that I had a problem with chicken. And even though it's still mild, I wasn't wrong. Here's something that I was speaking to, talking about like if you're not consuming it. So my gluten was actually three. But I've, I know I actually have an IgE response to gluten. So like I have an actual allergy to gluten. I mean, I've, you know, specifically avoided gluten for years. So I think that's probably a reason that that was low. And for example, like dairy, all mine was super low, but I haven't had dairy in like years, you know? So um, it's very telling. Yeah. Information is powerful. Yes. Hi friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold contamination. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code MELANIEAVALON for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit. 
but sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. All right. So the next question comes from Julie and the subject is inflammation. And Julie says, I've been doing IF for nine months and initially I was having great results for my pain associated with degenerative disc disease. More recently, however, the pain is returning somewhat. Is there something more I can do? I currently do a 24 fast with only black coffee and water during. I don't deny what tastes good to me outside of that. I am happy with my size and weight, but would love to see pain reduction again. Any thoughts or suggestions? Thank you both for all you do. Love the podcast and my success has others talking. All right. So what are your thoughts, Jen? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it fits really well into the discussion we were just having about Everly Well, because, you know, intermittent fasting is great for lowering inflammation, but it's not going to lower inflammation from all causes. It's still possible you could have something going on that's inflammatory that intermittent fasting is not addressing. So there's a possibility, Julie, I hate to tell you that something you're eating is inflammatory for you. And you could certainly try an Everly Well test, the food sensitivity test to see, or you could do an elimination protocol on your own, something like Whole30, and you eliminate you know, the most common inflammatory foods, then you gradually reintroduce them to see what your body responds to. But that's, that's just something, you know, to keep in mind. Intermittent fasting is great for many, many things, but if you've got something else going on that's causing the inflammation, intermittent fasting may not address that. Yeah, exactly. I think when it comes, this is where it can be really important to look at what you're eating, like Jen said, because if you're if you are taking in something that your body is having an inflammatory response to, yes, going into the fasted state can you know calm that inflammation. But if every time you're eating it, you're just going to respark that. And people, you may think, well, what I'm eating, how is that going to relate to pain? You know, in my discs, like that's not my digestion, or that's not my stomach. <laughs> but um, when the body instigates an inflammatory response, anywhere that you have the like anywhere that's more prone to inflammation, that can spark up. Because when you're in the flame state, that's when all those sore points are going to feel inflamed. So definitely consider, like Jen said, maybe a short-term elimination diet, not for life, just to see if it is food that's causing the problem. Some other things, I had a fascinating, this is especially with degenerative discs, I had a really, really fascinating episode on pain, especially chronic pain, with Brendan Lundberg, who has really looked at the pain signaling mechanisms in the body and how our bodies can begin to anticipate pain, can get stuck in pain loops, whether or not there actually is a source of the pain. And that might seem a little crazy, but you know they'll do studies and people will have the same, quote, injury or the same source of pain, but some experience pain and others don't. It's like, why is that? So definitely check out that episode. Something else that I think is huge, like I mentioned this before, tapping. Okay. I think that could be huge for chronic pain relief. And especially now that I'm doing the prep work on it, it's been shown to alleviate actual pain. And the way it works is basically if the pain is chronic in nature, it's quite possible that the body has, like I said, started to anticipate pain. Or it might even have like 
it can seem a little bit out there, but I think a lot of pain can actually have like an emotional root to it. The way tapping works, you can do it yourself and there's videos and it's can be amazing for pain relief, but it actually activates points that sort of similar tie into like acupuncture type channels. That's not exactly the same. They've actually since then discovered the the actual science behind it, like what it's doing in the body, but it can actually activate the um, parasympathetic response so that when your limbic system gets activated from a pain experience, it retrains the body to not have a threat response, not have an inflammatory response. And a lot of people have found massive pain relief with that. Um, something else, they're not a sponsor on today's episode, but CBD oil, <laughs> that can be, that has shown a lot of relief for pain. And we personally love feels. They're not sponsored on this podcast, this episode, but they have amazing CBD oil. It's full spectrum, organic in an MCT carrier. Our link for them, I think it's feels.com slash I have podcast. And that actually gets you 50% off the first order, which is insane. So that's something else to consider. Yeah. So there's a lot of routes to go, but basically I, intermittent fasting isn't, you know, a fix all being in the fastest state can be very anti-inflammatory, but as long as you are still experiencing that source of pain, be it when you're eating, be it from the limbic system imbalance, it's still going to be there until you deal with that. So any other thoughts on that, Jen? Yeah, I think that was, that was a lot of really good info. So I don't have chronic pain and I never have. Have you, Jen? No. My mom has a lot of uh, chronic pain. My grandmother did. My grandmother had had chronic pain. Yeah. So um, I'm grateful I don't experience it, but um, I think the mechanisms behind it are often overlap a lot with a lot of other things people struggle with. Just as far as what I was mentioning with like limbic system imbalances or the body, you know, anticipating a threat or anticipating a certain response. So I'm really, really fascinated by the science there. Also, red light therapy has been shown to have massively beneficial effects on chronic pain. Some of the studies have shown a 70% reduction in pain in patients who had arthritis. So might want to try out some of those red light near-infrared therapy devices that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Specifically for pain, you would want to use near-infrared therapy rather than the red light. So that is that. This is super random, Jen. I don't know what made me think about this. (laughs) I think I was just thinking like, oh, I wonder if the gut microbiome like relates to pain. But there was a fascinating interview on Bulletproof Radio recently with, I forgot the name. I think she was a neuroscientist. I'm not sure. Oh, that's why I thought about it because of the limbic system. So she was saying that actually our gut microbiome can affect our limbic system. They're now finding I'm not surprised. Nothing would surprise me with with the gut microbiome. Yeah, I feel like it's all, it's like all the gut microbiome. I mean, if you think about it, we have these, you know, millions of organ. I mean, not organisms, but you know, things inside of us that um. Yeah, I mean, they are organisms. They're alive, interacting with our body, influencing so many things. So it's just crazy. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes because it was really, really fascinating. Oh yeah. Before we go, Jen. So like the way we started this conversation. So how did you eat on the cruise to, you know, did you do your fasting? Well, it's really funny because when I go on a cruise or vacation or anything in life that's special, I give myself permission to eat however I feel like it that day. You know, I don't time myself and say, I have to stop after X hours or whatever. I really listen to my body. So when we got on the cruise ship the first day, it was a Saturday, and 
you know, I fasted till we got on board. And then I was like, all right, time for a cocktail. And then I had a little something to eat. And then I had dinner that night. And what's funny is, I, after I was done, we had we ate dinner a little bit early because I opened my window with a small snack like I normally do. But then I had a couple of cocktails, and then um, I was like, I better go ahead and eat dinner now. <laughs> so when it was all said and done, and I was finished, and you know, after, I went back and tallied it up six hours the first day, even though I said I could eat as much as I wanted, you know, whatever six hours. Then the second day. It was a sea day. So we went to the sea day brunch, which is one of my favorite things. So I had brunch at about 1130. And then we had more cocktails during the day and then dinner. And then at the end of the day, even though I really, you know, threw caution to the wind, my window was nine hours and it just felt like forever. And then the next couple of days, my window ended up being about seven to eight hours each day. So even when... I allow myself, quote, to eat however I feel like it. I, you know, in, a, in food studies, they call it ad libitum, I think is the word. Is that, I don't know if I said that correctly. I've only seen it written. Yeah, I've always said ad libitum. In my head, I've always said ad libitum. I don't know. Well, I have no idea how to say it. I've only seen it written. But eating at will, even when I allow myself to eat at will, the most I managed was nine hours, and that was on day two. But every other day, it was like shorter than that. And the very last day, then I was seasick. So that doesn't count. <laughs> but then the next day after I got off the ship, same thing. I, you know, I, it was very easy to just pop back into my normal routine. So even when I'm like, I can do whatever I want, my body does not want to eat for more than six to eight hours, really. Yeah. So fascinating. Even if I let myself, I don't want to. I mean, I, people are all the time asking, you know, what do I do? I'm going to want to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm like, you think you will, but you probably won't. <laughs> Even if you try, you're probably not going to want to. So it's, it's just interesting. I can't, just cannot be that full. I, I cannot eat that often, and my body doesn't even want to. So, so fascinating. It's very, very encouraging for listeners, I think. Yeah. And even if, if you're like, I'm going to just go nuts, you cannot go nuts. <laughs> At least I can't, even if I try, even if I want to, it ain't happening, which is really, you know, the whole appetite correction and how it, it gets us back in touch with our satiety signal. Because I just physically, I'm like, yeah, I, I can't, I, I like, you know, saying no to dessert, for example, I'm like, no, too full for dessert. And we had the alcohol package. And by day four, I was like, I don't want any more alcohol. So I didn't have any alcohol at all on day five, zero. Crazy, crazy. Even with the alcohol package. And so my husband's like, I don't think this is such a good deal for us anymore. (laughs) I'm like, yep, you're right. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. The show notes for today's episode will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 142. We are a Himalaya-partnered show, and if you follow us in the Himalaya app, you will get early access to our podcast 24 hours in advance, so definitely check that out. For all of the stuff that we like, which is a lot of stuff, you can go to ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. Follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Melanie Avalon, Jen at Jen Stevens, and you can follow us on Twitter. We are the ifpod. All right. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. And this airs way after Christmas, but happy early Christmas to you next week. 
Yeah, because we are recording it before Christmas. Merry Christmas. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.